0: Welcome to the sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host Israel and today I have Kyla McKinnon and super awesome because uh, we're recording. She's recording uh, at the Sigboy podcast studios. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. It's nice to be here. You know, it's a Monday morning. It's good to start the week and good company with you.
0: Sweet. What's his name? He looks really calm and peaceful.
1: Oh, my dog. Yeah, this is Loki. L-O-K-I
0: like the guy from thor uh
1: yes apparently but that had nothing to do with uh you know when i found that <laughs> name and decided i liked it and then everyone thought i must be a super fan i had no idea what they were talking
0: about <laughs> uh, and i think that guy is having his own tv show soon These disney's trying to fill every character in marvel or like he's trying to give every car- yes. character character marvel their own tv show Okay, so first they had uh, um, the Wanda Lady, and now they have Falcon, and now they have they will have Loki soon.
1: So then the name is going to be even more popular.
0: Oh, uh, exactly. Yeah, he <laughs> exactly. is
1: a yoga dog for sure because he comes to yoga with me. I think I was mentioning that to you earlier, but um yeah, he comes to yoga and he just is so chill. He'll just sleep on my yoga mat. You can see here he's sleeping in my lap. So everyone thinks he's like this all the time. And it's like, actually, he's only like this when he's at home or at yoga. That's it. (laughs) So when normally before COVID, Taylor and I would go traveling all the time and everyone's like, yeah, totally. I want a dog sit for you. It's like, well, you actually don't unless you want to come to our house. They're like, no, no, no. Your dog's chill all the time. I've been around your dog. All he does is sleep. It's like, yeah, he only does that at our house and at yoga. And I've had like best friends not believe me. And then yep. they call me and I'm on the other side of the world. They're like, what's going on with your dog? Well, is he at our house or your house? He's my <laughs> house. And yeah, just take him back to our house and then he'll be chill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How long have you had Luke, you know?
1: Uh, you know what? It's coming up on five years this spring. So in a, yeah, in a couple months, it'll be five years, which is crazy
0: yeah 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 um so anyway thanks for coming on the show today um i want to talk about you yoga how that whole thing happened so let's go from the beginning right growing up what did you want to be
1: this is actually really interesting because i remember wanting to be either a professional athlete or professional coach, something in that sense. Like I knew I wanted to be involved with athletics. The sports were my life. But the other side of me, as I got a little bit older, I also kind of wanted to be a psychologist. And so it's so interesting now because as a yoga teacher, I truly feel that I do incorporate both of those things. It's kind of like I'm a coach. And mm-hmm. working, you know, in an athletic sense, a lot of the time or working with the body anyway.
0: Mm. But
1: then I also feel like I am a bit of a therapist or psychologist uh, or life coach, I guess, in that sense, just with, you know, people coming to yoga for various reasons and mm-hmm. just kind of being there for them as a support. So it, it's really interesting. I just only made that realization in the past few years that I was kind of doing a combination of things that I thought I might end up doing when I was younger, but when you think of a yoga teacher, you don't really think of those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is interesting. But um, I certainly didn't follow that path. Um, when I finished high school, I, you know, had taken all the advanced courses in high school. I was planning to study sciences and didn't know why or what I was going to pursue with it. But my parents always thought they could see me as a physiotherapist, for example, which at the time I couldn't see. Now I could totally see because, again, it's kind of working with athletes or, you know, helping people work through things and, yeah, dealing with the body and dealing with people, which are things that I enjoy. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, I guess my parents kind of had the right thought, but I just couldn't see it at the time. So I had switched, actually, from sciences to business because I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that business was a really good you know background or base to have to pursue other things in the future. So I ended up yeah studying business and again wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I kind of took two routes. Um I did a double major in finance and then management with human resources wow. really because I I was a good student, I really enjoyed school, I enjoyed studying, and I think with finance it was a lot of formulas, it was a process, so I could work hard and follow that process and then it would end up working out kind of thing, Yeah. so I didn't really enjoy it, and I actually hate numbers now, so it's kind of funny, but I have a very, <laughs> I know, and I remember, I don't remember anything I learned, it's terrible. <laughs> um but my mind is very organized like i'm really good at spreadsheets and organization and formulas Uh, and that kind of thing so yeah i think i pursued that route because i was thinking hey this is challenging i'm actually good at it and there's not a lot of women in the field of finance right now so maybe this could be a cool opportunity i'm going to be this badass woman working on wall street (laughs) you know (laughs) and i totally saw that and i did pursue that a little bit um yeah yeah, after university, kind of working in the finance world just to give it a chance. But what anyway, you do? I, well, so just backtrack a little bit. So the finance thing, again, I was just doing just I'm like, OK, whatever. I'm good at it. We'll just pursue this. But I knew that wasn't really who I was. Mm-hmm. So that's where I also took the major in management with human resources, because I always felt that I was a natural leader and I was meant to coach people. And, um, the human resources side of things does really speak to me as far as training and development and just, again, like looking after people and and different things within a company. So Mm -hmm. that made sense to me. So that's why I pursued that. But, uh, yeah, after university, I, um, I only worked for probably about a year, you know, a year and a half in finance. And I mean, I'm sure there could have been cooler things that I could do if I had have stuck it up, but I was right out of university, you know, working in a cubicle and just, just sitting away at a computer entering things. It just wasn't me because I'm a people person. I like to be moving around and doing things. And so it just made me miserable just sitting there in a cubicle entering things into a computer. So anyway, within that time, I also was doing a ton of yoga because after university and sports kind of ended, You know, it's hard. It's like, well, what am I going to the gym for? What am I training for? What am I working towards?
0: So before you continue, what sports were you doing in school?
1: Uh well, I played a lot of sports competitively. Um the I guess one that I was still pursuing in university was women's softball. So yeah, so like baseball, volleyball, track and field, and hockey were my main four sports. Um yeah. I don't really do any of them anymore. I still, up until a couple of years ago, I was still playing volleyball. Um, That was just kind of for fun. But um, yeah, otherwise I kind of put them all behind me. And I I was kind of looking for something else to do. And I just didn't want to go to the gym to train because I wasn't working towards anything. So Mm -hmm. I just randomly got into yoga just because it's like, all right, you know, something to try, something to do to keep my body moving. And I didn't really love it, but... I was just kind of looking for something. Mm-hmm. And then before Lululemon actually opened a store here, I landed a job with them to help kind of spread the word about the company and get to know the yoga community. And the How did that community. happen? Uh, I think I must have saw the job online. I, I can't even, I'm assuming like through their website, but it's really weird. Yeah. Cause I really don't remember how, mm-hmm. how that came to be. Cause now, yeah, that was long ago. I don't think I was, you know, I wasn't looking on LinkedIn or anything like that at this point. I did not have an account. Um, yeah, I can't remember how that came to be, but, um, Anyway, I landed that job. I saw the posting online somehow. I think it was on the Lululemon website, but I'm not sure how I came across that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, I took this job with Lululemon and kind of said goodbye to the world of finance and I was it scary at
0: all like to take make that decision uh, because like did you what what things did you have to consider before taking that job
1: I don't think it was scary because I was still so young you know what I mean when you're out of university you don't really think much like I remember giving up that job and it's like, oh, but what about your RRSP and stuff? I'm like, oh, just take that money and go traveling. <laughs> so, you know, I literally took that money and went to Southeast Asia on a trip. <laughs> so didn't, uh, you know, it just doesn't mean anything to you at that time. And as much as my parents really wanted me to have a stable job, yeah, I I was so young that I wasn't thinking like, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do forever. It's like, okay, cool. I'll, I will get a job like that when I'm older, you know? So, yeah, I left the finance thing and then I was working at Lou Eleven full time doing a ton of yoga, getting to know everyone in the yoga community. And because I was almost like forced into doing a lot of yoga with this new job, it allowed me to meet a lot of different yoga teachers and try a lot of different styles of yoga to really realize that, oh, there's so many different personalities of people teaching yoga of course there's so Mm -hmm. many different ways you can teach yoga and so many different styles and ways you can connect with people so I really found um, certain people and certain types of yoga that resonated with me Mm -hmm. then I was just doing yoga all the time and then I reached a point you know I still loved working for Lululemon I planned to do that but I reached Mm -hmm. a point where I was like hey I'm doing yoga all the time Mm -hmm. I really like it I always have enjoyed coaching people, and that's something I always saw myself doing long-term, mm. so why wouldn't I just teach yoga, you know, and combine all those things? Again, I had no idea if it was going to work out. i go off traveling again. I've always been a traveler and going on <laughs> adventures, and, uh, yeah, did did my first yoga training not knowing if I would actually yeah, end up getting a job or even be able to do it for a living. But Mm -hmm. I just knew I wanted to do it and I figured like, hey, worst case, maybe I can do it part time or something, which is how it started.
0: When you started the Lululemon job, did you have any yoga teacher training?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Not at that point. I was just Mm. doing a lot of yoga and I had participated in a lot of fitness stuff, but I hadn't actually taken a training. So And most, well, yeah. Most people don't until they're kind of doing yoga for a while, you know, and then that. either either they want to teach yoga, so that's why they take the training, or they just want to learn more about it, and that's why they take the training. So normally you're doing yoga for a little bit of time before you would pursue that, because it is a big investment as well, so you really want to make sure that you are committed to it. Um, so yeah, kind of just, I'll worked out. And I don't want to say that in a way that makes it seem like it was easy, because it certainly wasn't. I gave up a lot. And yeah, it could have been really scary. And I definitely took a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, But luckily, it did grow into, you know, okay, teaching yoga part time, then moving into teaching yoga full time, also managing yoga studios, which that combination of things, you know, allows me to do it a bit more full time than most people would be able to. Um, but then my passion was travel and people and creating experiences and connecting all that together. So probably, yeah, just like a year or two into teaching, I started organizing yoga retreats and taking people away and having these amazing experiences where we just go to really cool locations in the world and do yoga and experience everything while we're there, you know, and really soak up the culture and have a lot of experiences related to food and you know adventure type excursions and just whatever uh, sightseeing whatever the place VR has to offer I yeah. just try to do it all so that's yeah been really cool but again it it's easy to look at it and think like oh that was so easy for you it's like yeah you know I have friends say to me all the time like oh, I wish I had your job or I wish I was doing what you were doing or and I'm like yeah you. Could, but you'd have to quit your job and that's scary and that's a risk and you have to be okay with making a lot less money than you're making now in your corporate job you know mm-hmm. and you don't have benefits you don't have the security or you know health benefits or retirement plans and all these mm-hmm. things so mm-hmm. it is a risk so yes you know I believe in pursuing your passion and doing what you love. So Mm. you're not living your life feeling kind of miserable or stressed every day. Um, But, you know, yeah, it's not for everyone. And it's not always easy because even me, sometimes I'm like, hmm, that'd be nice to have, you know, benefits and a retirement plan and make more money. I could probably do more things if I had that. (laughs) But, you know, what idea is happy? Really?
0: probably Mm. not yeah no that's a that's a wonderful overview but i'm going to take it in chunks now right yeah you did a lululemon thing um like once it was established here um were you still doing that while working with studios or was that all you were doing and then you made the switch to studios
1: I actually worked for Lululemon probably trying to think honestly probably a bit on and off over the course of 10 years um because I worked there just solely for a couple of years just doing that on its own and then I took a hiatus traveling started teaching yoga part-time but that wasn't enough. So then I also went back and started working at Eleven. So I was kind of doing Lululemon and yoga for a couple of years. And I kind of would go back and forth a little bit, luckily, in the sense that, you know, certain times of year, such as Christmas or different things, um, Lululemon is busier. So they need help at certain times. So that was helpful just to be able to still have that connection and relationship to be able to go back when I wanted to. Mm. And I always had full intentions of being involved with that company Long term, Um, I'm just finishing my fourth year actually of being an ambassador with them. So I've really been involved with them a lot from the beginning of my journey. I worked for them forever. And Mm. um, yeah, now I've been an ambassador with them. And I still kind of see myself maybe working for them in some capacity in the future. It's always kind of on my mind. I'm just not really sure how. You know, it would be something more. Kind of at head office level that kind of thing but Mm -hmm. and maybe you know using some of the things i've studied but also that i've learned through yoga and all my experience with that but yeah i can never quite like put my finger on exactly what that is but and
0: you you've you've been a lulu ambassador four years now how did you go from working for them to becoming an ambassador
1: mainly just from staying connected and involved with them Anyone who's an ambassador with them is someone who is working in kind of the world of yoga or running or wellness or fitness. That's kind of what their company represents. Although they also bring on artists, photographers, you know, surfers, like more vast things than just um, what they originally were focused on, which was yoga and running. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it also has to be someone who's connected to the community, so that's huge for them um, because they want to spread more wellness within the community and make more connections. So it's kind of a natural evolution, but also because I, you know, really put effort into being involved and maintaining those relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, and now with, what was the, like, was the studio you worked with established or Were you part of setting that studio up?
1: A little bit of both. When I first started, just for the first year, I was with Moto Yoga, which is a huge international franchise. So that had already been very established. And I did a bit of work um, kind of remotely through their head office as well, helping with different events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that was about a year of managing a studio, helping with some events and teaching. And then after that, uh, helping to start up Shanti, which is where I am now. So my partner, Taylor, who is one of the guys from sick boy, that's his family business. So, Mm -hmm. um, his parents are heavily involved in the startup of that. And Taylor and I helped, there's three studios. Now we mainly helped with the second and third ones. So that was kind of yeah, like seeing it all from from the ground up and helping. What yeah. we Um, like in every way, <laughs> like financially and the design, the decor, the marketing, oh, and all the things. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah. God, no, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that that's been cool. And I mainly uh, just teach at the Halifax studio and. Yeah, it's been really cool now. It's been five and a half years that that's been open, so I've just created a lot of relationships, which it's nice to see, yeah, that um, progress and journey for different people. Some people have been around from the beginning, and, and some people are just in and out, and maybe years go by I don't see them, they show up again, and so, yeah, it's been really cool.
0: You know, you mentioned five and a half years, so it was like six months into start, uh, starting Shanti, and you had Loki.
1: Yeah, that was uh, so a lot happened because we opened in September, and then, yeah, in the spring of that year, Taylor and I moved into our new condo that we had purchased. We got a dog, we got a car. It was, you know, a lot all at once. People were like, wow, <laughs> you guys are really growing up here. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's it for now. Now we're gonna go travel the world and- uh,
0: <laughs> How you know, long were you together by that man. time?
1: Um, Taylor and I have been together for 10 years. So I guess- yeah. Oh no,
0: so by, ah. so it was five years in when you started Shanti together.
1: Um. Well, it would have been before that actually because oh. Um, the Halifax studio opened five and a half years ago, but the one on Larry Utech opened um, probably like seven and a half years ago then. So yeah, it all it all kind of happened very quickly.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. It's funny. Okay.
1: Yeah, in hindsight, even you know, when we started dating, I remember like I probably wouldn't tell anyone else to, yeah, like start dating someone really young and like get in business together and move together and do all this stuff. I would not give that advice to other people that I'm like, wait a second, that's me being a hypocrite because it actually worked out really amazing for us.
0: Well, you know what? And I might be wrong here, but I think it worked because you two put in a lot of work, right?
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's like, we both, Evolved at the same time. You know, Taylor played um, hockey at a high level growing up, and he went to uh, high school in the States and, you know, pursued hockey there. And then that was his dream. He was just going to keep playing hockey and doing that. And he kind of decided, like, hey, this isn't actually what I really want to do. And similar to how then I kind of got into yoga, you know, his family was involved. So that was an influence on him as well. Mm. But he was just kind of looking for something like what's next after yoga. And I think our paths kind of, you know, I was looking for what was next as well after I finished playing sports and after I realized I didn't want to work in the world of finance. And so we kind of found yoga at the same time, but I think within that it's not just that we found yoga, it's that we actually realized who we wanted to be. You know, we didn't want to be this hockey player or this finance person or pursuing these things that actually weren't true to us anymore or at that time Mm. and so yeah I just feel that we really grew and figured out who we were and what we wanted around the same time so Mm -hmm. that allowed us to connect you know maybe on a deeper level
0: there you go kind of sounds um, funny when i say all that it's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> no, no, no. In, you know it, it's kind of <laughs> wonderful seeing you see what made you guys walk in real time so uh it's really cool to see that um now you know you start Shanti. you're doing the lululemon thing finance is way in the past uh do you find though that Things you learned in school are still part of what you use, you know, in helping Shanti grow and at least doing that admin side and not the yoga side.
1: Yeah, I think my university experience was absolutely incredible for the academic side, but also the social side. I mean, my best friends now, really, a lot of them are people that I met in university. So mm that is really important, I think, to just experience, you know, being on your own and creating new relationships and kind of growing together and and finding the people who you really connect with. Because sometimes the people you grow up with, you end up growing apart from, right? Whereas in university and even in general, later in your adult life, you're kind of becoming friends because you choose to be or because you really connect. Whereas when you're young, you're just. Making- Hanging out or playing with whoever lives next door, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely am very thankful for the social aspect of university. But as for academics, I mean, yeah, I think that all of the opportunities that I've been given are related to the fact that I have a business degree. I think that's very, very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very happy that I did that. And there's always things that I'm using I'm sure that I learned in university it's just sometimes hard to grasp exactly what that is Mm -hmm. Um, and I think things have changed so much as well because now everything's so techie and social media and online and you know that just wasn't the same as when I was studying but yeah I'm, I'm definitely using things that I learned in some capacity and I think
0: it's very valuable that I do have that background. Yeah. Um, and talking of that, social media and being tech and stuff, uh, talk me through your Instagram journey. Like, how did you grow your following and especially your captions? How do you decide what you're gonna put up and what caption is gonna go with that image?
1: Yeah, I don't put, too much thought or effort into my Instagram. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I think that's how it grew. And by no means is it very big at all. And again, it probably could be bigger if I really invested time or energy into it. Um, But yeah, I think it just was a very, again, this natural evolution. I'm just sharing what I'm up to. You know, it's not It's not just about yoga, even though Mm -hmm. my Instagram is Kai Mekin and yoga. People might think like, oh, okay, you're just sharing all the stuff. You're doing yoga. It's like, I'm just sharing my life, you know, and glimpses of my life. I'm not sharing everything. And in a way, I'm really open. In a way, I'm also private. Like, I don't share that much stuff of, you know, what Taylor and I are up to on my Instagram. I'm not sharing all these mushy posts about our personal life, but, um, yeah, I just kind of share the things that I'm passionate about. A lot of times it's yoga or food or travel or, you know, I haven't been traveling lately, so it's a lot of stuff just (laughs) being outside. Like I spend a lot of time in nature, a lot of time hiking, Yeah, obviously a lot of time with my dog and yeah, I'm just kind of sharing things that honestly I think are, beautiful Mm. but also beneficial Mm -hmm. like if I'm if I'm posting something usually especially if I'm taking the time to write a caption I, I want it to have meaning I want it to make someone think or I want it to touch someone and resonate with someone even when I teach yoga I always share little you know words of wisdom or little words of reminder that kind of thing at the end of my yoga classes and it's the same thing you know I'm sharing those words because I kind of just hope that they help someone maybe it brightens someone's day or makes someone uh, take a second thought maybe about the choice they're about to make so yeah I don't have anyone helping with my Instagram I don't have a schedule of posts or content or anything <laughs> I don't even normally do hashtags on my posts. Um, okay. I, uh, I think I used to do more though than I do now okay I think there's something that comes with um uh, maybe just getting more comfortable in your own skin and just kind of growing up and it's like nah I don't have anything to do you know <laughs> <laughs> like I I want to share with people what I'm up to and again you know, maybe when I am traveling, I probably tend to share more because I really like educating people about different cultures and different experiences that I'm having. But also that is a big side of my business doing the yoga retreats.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm probably posting more stuff than two. a because I want to share it. But B, because uh, yeah I guess you know in the business world that is also the way that I can promote yep. um, my business and grow the retreats um, so yeah there hasn't been as much of that lately but yeah I I don't I don't overthink it too much I think that social media can be really consuming and even for the yoga studios mm. I have like a hard boundary I am not doing the social media posts for the yoga studios because I'm already doing it for my own personal page and that's enough Mm. like i just i don't want to say it feels like a chore but (laughs) i i don't (laughs) i don't want to spend more time i guess you know on social media than i already do
0: yeah you know i I think
1: we all spend so much time on it and it's great it can be educational and it's amazing to connect with people and you can learn so much Mm. um but I think it is also a, a fault of us that's only going to continue to rise that we, we do spend too much time on there and probably spend too much time on there worrying or comparing or,
0: you know. Comparing, comparing for sure. Um, I'll come back to that. But uh, before I do, let's talk about the retreats, right? Um, you do lemon, and then it grows into building shanty and you're now an ambassador like at what point did the retreat start and do you remember the very first one where was it uh where was the location
1: yes so i have been teaching yoga for 10 years and yeah I was probably what year would it have been i guess maybe eight years ago I think I I definitely got into traveling and teaching quite quickly, but I think it was probably like a year or two into it. Um, So yeah, I always knew that I wanted to combine yoga with travel, and Mm -hmm. I had mentioned that I'm really good at organization and kind of connecting with people, so I knew that I'd be able to kind of make it happen and bring it all together in that sense as far as the logistics go, Mm -hmm. but when i booked my first retreat it was in costa rica and it worked out really well honestly i can't even remember how i found the place like my job is a researcher i feel like all the time i'm always just researching whatever it is i'm working on at the time i'm going all in and i'm on google and uh, you know just all over social media all over the internet all the time just researching absolutely everything about Mm -hmm. (laughs) about a place yeah but um yeah i i don't know what it was about this particular place that spoke to me i think i honestly just thought hey costa rica is a pretty safe bet even still like that's typically what you see as far as being the most like common yoga retreat areas like mexico and costa rica are pretty popular Mm -hmm. just because it's quite easy for north americans to go there you know we feel um, pretty safe about it the flights are pretty regular you know it's it's different than going over to thailand or indonesia or something that's a really really far flight it's a different um cultural experience as well but yeah so i just was like you know what? okay i'm gonna do one in costa rica that seems like the safest bet and i would have just googled you know yoga retreats in costa rica (laughs) and it's definitely blown up a lot just in the past five years where the amount of yoga retreats uh, spaces are insane. It's just, it became so popular and so much more expensive as well. Um, but when I got into it, it was right before these wellness retreats kind of got big. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't as many yoga retreat centers. And so I just, yeah, would have found a bunch, contacted all of them, and then, you know, just see who comes back to me and what do they come back to me with as far as what can they offer, what are the prices and um so this guy sean who where i ended up doing the first retreat he was a new yorker he had sold his place in brooklyn and he and again he kind of sold his place in brooklyn right when it was getting big so he made a ton of money decided to move to costa rica and build this uh retreat center and so he hadn't it was new he hadn't hosted any retreats yet and mm-hmm. so it just kind of felt right the way we were communicating and it was um a good price and he was really willing to offer a lot and just genuinely wanted to kind of get his first retreat and make a name for himself mm-hmm. since he had a new center yeah. and so we just kind of hit it off communicating you know through email and then like video calls and stuff and so yeah i ended up going with that and i think he understood That he was new to this and so was I. So we're really going to be open about it and support each other and not get too caught up in all the terms of the contract and the money and all these things. So he was kind of like, hey, you know what, just come and however many people you get is however many people you get and there's no pressure. Whereas that's unheard of now. (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm, I'm contacting places and they're like yeah you're not coming unless you can guarantee us 20 people like it's oh wow and and so i usually negotiate that and you know try to find places the minimum most places will uh accept as 10 and so yeah it is kind of it's changed and so uh, yeah i feel like i'm always researching and always negotiating but anyway when i that with him it was great because there was no pressure so i just Mm. decided like hey taylor we're just going to costa rica and if anyone wants (laughs) to come they can come and if they don't then you know we're going to be out a bit of money because there's expenses yes that we have to pay for but we'll just travel and make it a trip for ourselves you know it's not going to be the end of the world and it hadn't really been done yet here before i don't think and so Why, you know, it was like a poster that, like, yeah, I think Taylor made. He's more techie than I am, but just in like some whatever basic computer program. Like now he could make something way better. But um, it was just really basic. And I think I just posted it on my Facebook. (laughs) You know, it was so simple Mm -hmm. and it sold out. And my mind was blown that, oh, of what I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of grew from there and you know what?
0: Yeah.
1: Um not all of them sold out. Like yes, that first one it was amazing, but then this was a big lesson for me. It worked so well that mm. I decided, "Oh, I'm mm. going to do this exact same thing at this exact yeah. same location yeah. again." And then it didn't really work, you know? I mean, mm. it's it still worked, but it was half the amount of people. And so yeah, I've learned that. And, and people often ask me, why don't you just go back to the same place every year? And, and you know, it's just easy. I'm like, yeah, it's easy because I have relationships and I know the area and it's great. But mm. I have come to realize that almost, I guess what my niche is, is like bucket list experiences. And I get a lot of repeat guests. So people want something new and different every year.
0: And yeah. they're kind of
1: using it as a way to travel and experience new things. And also... It's easier for someone to just go to Costa Rica on their own and just, you know, have an experience on their own. And there's lots of yoga classes you can take when you're there. Mm. It's easier to do that on your own than it is to go do a safari through Africa. You know, so, <laughs> and that was something that I uh, planned and brought people to do a couple of years ago. And, and again, that was one that sold out because so many people were, were thinking, wow, I would never have planned all this or come Where did you to go do in this on my own. Um we did a safari through Tanzania.
0: Oh okay. okay. Yeah,
1: and then a lot of our group also um yeah we were in Zanzibar. That wasn't a part of the safari, but then the safari was all on the mainland like a week going through all different areas there. So how long
0: would a typical retreat be?
1: Usually a week.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So is it like including flights or
1: Not including flights because people travel from all different areas. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part, most people are Canadian coming on the retreats that are organized because it tends to be, like, people I know or friends of friends or, you know, just through social media, that kind of thing. But um, there's always a couple Americans and then there might be a couple people from, from elsewhere. So uh yeah no flights included because people are a always traveling from different areas mm. but also b people are traveling on different timelines so if the retreat's a week i find most people are taking say two weeks vacation from work mm. and so they might choose to arrive a couple days early or maybe they want to stay a week after and travel oh, somewhere else or do something the, else oh. so yeah so everyone's kind for of on them different themselves. timelines so then it, yeah, so
0: it's easy. Um, it's all inclusive except your flight, basically. Yeah. No. Um, and okay, so you you'll you did all these retreats, and sometimes you sell out, and some not all, every time. But last year, you know, so usually you'd start getting ready to plan uh, the retreat and everything. Were you ready to go, and then COVID happened, or what? What happened last year?
1: Um, yeah. Okay. So I was very fortunate at the start of 2020. So I was in Japan and Indonesia oh. and Ecuador before COVID hit. Um, so. were you
0: outside the country when the, you know, like we are shutting down Canada was happening or were you already back home?
1: Um, I was in Ecuador. I was on the Galapagos Islands, which is So, so far and remote. Um, So I had arrived there before COVID had even hit or before it was, you know, a thing that we really knew about. Mm. And so, yeah, I was stuck over there with a group of people (laughs) on a yoga (laughs) retreat. So that was a very stressful experience. Um, But yes, we ended up getting back to Canada it was like a week in total of trying to get back because once the travel advisory hit and once the borders closed, all flights were actually canceled or full. Mm. So it was very challenging, but, um, we ended up getting back March 23rd. I think the you have to isolate when
0: you came back or,
1: um, yes. So, Basically, the day after we got home was when they made the 14-day quarantine be mandatory. Mm. But prior to that, it was suggested. And so we were fully intending to do the full 14-day isolation anyway because it was suggested. And we were like so, who knows, so scared and everything was unknown at the time. So we were planning to do it anyway. Uh, but then it it became
0: a mandatory enforced thing the day after we got back anyway so okay yeah. yeah um i have so many questions but i'm going to i'm going to round this up and the last question i'm going to ask is something that comes up pretty much every time you talk is you know connection connecting people you love connecting so it's like connection and connecting people is something that is important to you and my question is why
1: yeah, um, so definitely it is important to me. My three main values, Like, I don't know if you're into that at all, your core values in life, but mine are connection, freedom, and health. And I, I feel like there's something in me that I'm just meant to connect people. I guess two things. I'm meant to connect with people, but then connect other people. So, you know, I could be in a room with anyone anywhere and I want to go around and ask every person something about themselves. And I want to learn about each person. I'm just drawn to that. And, you know, even at the yoga studio, I'm seeing sometimes, you know, easily like 100 people a day with all the classes I'm doing. And yeah, I just like learning something about each person. And I, I really want each person to feel... Welcome and and safe and comfortable and supported when they're around me, but Mm. I also want people to feel that I truly care about them. I think that that is so important and our society needs more of that. Yes. But then the other yes. side of it, I also when I say I love connecting other people, like my friends are always joking that I'm the matchmaker. Like I'll <laughs> randomly <laughs> like, post things on my Instagram, like, "Hey, I'm looking for people who are single and looking for this," and then people are like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, oh, "I just want to know who's interested in a relationship right now, because then based on all the people that write me, then I could try to connect them and match them up," you know? Yeah, yeah. And so. I don't know. I've always, yeah, liked kind of playing matchmaker. And I think I just, yeah, like connecting with people and and making people feel good and just helping people.
0: No. Uh, And you're right. I think what stands out is with everything happening today the world needs more of that so one thank you for doing that and two thank you for following your passion and three thank you for coming to the sanctuary Mm -hmm. actually four thank you for uh, having loki (laughs) spend time with us like i've never seen a dog just chill like he's like a cat like he's just chilling he's not even like disturbed and he's like oh man i'm just gonna chill yeah and Loki's supposed to be mischievous right well yeah from, from, he, no from, he has that side to him though i
1: told you it's not, not <laughs> when as he's long with as me. he's
0: not in your house <laughs> that is the thing right as long as <laughs> not in your house or the yoga studio yeah. oh man kyla thank you so much and and thank you to taylor for setting this all up
1: <laughs> yeah no um, it was great thank yeah.
0: you yeah uh, i have a wonderful day thank
1: you so much we'll chat again soon i hope
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: (laughs) Bye.